Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome nerd. Now generating episode 89. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in three, two, one. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Christian, I hate pants. You hate pants? I hate pants, man. Truly just overrated. Okay. I got to spend the day in pajama pants. <laughs> and I, I am like dreading tomorrow morning when I have to put on pants. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about pants, Christian? I mean, I prefer to stay in PJs at all times, but... Really? Like, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, what kind of society... <laughs> <laughs> Makes us wake up in the morning and put on these fucking awful pants. I know, right? It's just ridiculous. It's with khakis and slacks. It should be socially acceptable to walk around in pajama pants. It's all about comfort. I think the world would be a happier place <laughs> if you could just walk around in pajama pants all day. I You're not wrong. Preach, man. Preach. It would solve a lot of our problems. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. So, I, right now, Christian, there's a lot of like rumors and speculation going on. Around Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. My question to you, something I've been pondering a lot lately, and this is not like a huge story right now. It possible spoilers, but I think it's something that people have been talking about. Do you think Kylo Ren is redeemable as a character? I, for some reason, thought you were going to ask about Kylo Ren's pants. <laughs> Do you going. think Kylo Ren's problem <laughs> is he's never worn pajama pants? Yeah, well, his high-waisted pants are ridiculous. So. <laughs> well, how uncomfortable are those, right? That's probably why he's pissed off. He's an um, angry little emo bitch. Okay, to, to answer your question, is he a redeemable character? I think so. I, what is he? he killed his fucking father. Han Solo. Yeah, in quest to, like, get to, it took a lot out of him just to do that. Yeah, but you don't get fucking to go and back. And he couldn't do it to Leia. He, he was on his way to do it to Leia. <laughs> and he couldn't do it. I don't know, man. I mean, Vader, I guess, I mean, is the argument, right? Mm -hmm. In the long run, he took out the Emperor for Luke. I mean, I don't think it was a total redemption arc for him, but... I mean, I could see Kylo getting similar treatment, and I would be fine with that. I'm sure a lot of fans would feel like it's, like, rehashing of, you know, the old story, which, whatever. Um, but I don't I don't know if I want to see him, like, fighting on the side of the Resistance or, you know, teaming up with the Resistance against possibly, like, the Emperor or whatever. Yeah, I, don't, I hope he doesn't survive his redemption arc, if that I, makes sense. Because, like... Yeah, think of Vader like surviving and helping out the rebellion. It's it's not going to make up for the fact that he killed all those children yes! and <laughs> the younglings. Think about the younglings. I mean, it just it, that's a thing. Like you can't have them survive it because mm -hmm. no one's going to like no one on the resistance are ever going to be able to look him in the eye knowing, "Oh, you killed half of my friends. You know, you destroyed this fucking planet." I mean, 
it's going to be really hard to redeem him. And as a Star Wars fan, you killed fucking Han Solo. Chewie, I mean, the first thing he's going to want to do is rip off both of his fucking arms, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I know that's like the big, like, you know, like everyone's saying that they're going to, you know, redeem Kylo Ren. That's one of the things people are speculating. I just, I don't know if I want to see it. So, if it does happen, he has to go out in a blaze of glory. Yes. Something where he just, you know, saves everyone at the end and then, yes, he burns up to Crisp or whatever happens, you know, in the long run. But, yeah, a full redemption and then he's hanging around. I don't want to say, like, I'm not shipping fucking Kylo and Ray because I think that's ridiculous, too. I'm about it. Oh, I'm for it. <laughs> like, especially, like, if you think about that in, like, Last Jedi, that happened, what, like, just a couple days before? You know, the whole, like, their relationship and the whole force bridging that they're doing and bonding through, it's not, it's like a matter of days, if, if maybe weeks. We don't know for certain how long. Well, the movie starts with her on the hill, mm. right? And she's trying to hand the fucking, you know, lightsaber to Luke. He throws it over his shoulder like a jerk. They can always throw in, oh yeah, it was, it was like a couple months. But then he's like, I'm going to train you the next, you know, I'm going to teach you three lessons. And I don't I always took it, it was like just a couple days. Mm -hmm. Because then, no, it had to be. Because then they're also, uh, the resistance is, you know, yeah. being tracked by the First Order. So it was only a couple days. I mean, the Force is a powerful thing, Dave. She's a little too forgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know he's got that nice barrel chest and everything. How was it her, and those like, high dad? Pants. How long was she with him? Yeah, but she was affected by it. She watched this man fucking stab his father through mm -hmm. the heart. So, I mean... I don't know. His dad I'm was just known to be it. a dick. I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we move on, make sure you're comfortable in your favorite pajamas and subscribe, rate, and review. That's right. On all your favorite exactly. podcast sites. Uh, Apple, Google Play, Podbean, blah, blah, blah. The works. We're on all of them. <laughs> Not to blah, blah, blah them, but we're there. So check us out. Uh, but And then it's it's time, Christian. So every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors in nerdum. We are not mild manner reporters, though. We are mere podcasters with opinions. With that being said, it's time for the news. Yes. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about RDJ joining Black Widow. There's been a lot of speculation on if he's actually been you know, casted for the film. Are they using you know clips from old films to put him in? Like. What do you think the deal is with that? So, yeah. So they're saying that Robert Downey Jr. is going to be, like, at least have a scene yes. in the movie. Um, they haven't specified, obviously, and this is just a rumor at this point, like, what that scene would be. It takes place during Civil War, like, that time mm -hmm. frame. So I'm guessing it's probably more of a deleted scene that they're they're using. You know, something that's already in existence that yeah. they just didn't use for Civil War that they can pull out. I, I, I doubt that they're going to pull like bring him back so soon, um, you know, even though it takes place in the past. I think they probably just have something that fits well, you know, in the can that could kind of like flesh out like the story and like where Black Widow was, you know, and maybe there was more to, you know, her character's motives during that movie than, you know, meets the eye. Yeah, it felt like there should be more to what she was doing during it, that period. It was weird that she sided mm -hmm. with Tony's team, you know? It just didn't feel like her character. 
Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's something else going on there. But, I mean, it'll be nice to see Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man again. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not upset about it. So, because some people were actually like pissed off about it. I was like, just relax. I'm sure it makes sense because mm. of the time frame. If it was like, oh, we, they're not bringing him back to life, you know, for, for that matter. And the fact that you're even seeing a Black Widow movie who's also dead, I mean, big deal. Relax. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. Um, do you think the after credits for that Black Widow film will be her like being resurrected or being somewhere else? Yes. After the snap? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, my, <laughs> that's my thought on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I just think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the Infinity Stones and, you know, the Hulk was the one who brought everyone back. So I feel like he's going to, like, wish her back. Like, somehow. He said he tried, too. We know that. So I don't see why we would not like it's possible that, you know, we just he didn't know that he actually did bring her back. Like maybe there'll be like a few assassinations that look very familiar mm-hmm. to like Black Widow style. And maybe next movie will be like, you know, the characters of this movie hunting down leads. Um, we kind of seen that in the comics. In the past, when they've yes. killed off Black Widow multiple times, I mean, so. even like recently, like she came back just immediately. That was actually recent. Yeah, yeah. Where I think in the first like spinoffs, because it was like the next month after she died, mm-hmm. um, after um, uh, was it Secret Empire? They, you know, I think there was like a Black Widow series and everything, and I think it was Hawkeye and Winter Soldier. Yes hunting down leads um, because there was a lot of assassination like attempts that looked like, you know, Black Widow's MO. So I could see them going that route. It's kind of cool. I think in the long long run, they actually found out it wasn't Black Widow. It was the other Black Widow, who I'm drawing a blank on her name, but we're not going to Google search her right now (laughs) because it's past midnight. (laughs) But uh, yeah, yeah, I I could definitely see them going that route. All right, well, in other superhero news, we got DC with Suicide Squad's massive fucking cast. Yes, it is quite the cast. This was actually released by James Gunn, I think, this past Friday. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, Christian, you want to run yeah, through it? you want me to do the thing? <laughs> yes, because I don't know half of these people, so you'll um, do better with their names. David Dast McKellen, um, John Cena, Jai Courtney returning... Um, Joaquin uh, Casio, Nathan Fillion, uh, Joel Kinnaman for, uh, also returning, uh, Mei-Ling Ning, uh, f- don't know this one, Flula Borg, Sean <laughs> Gunn, John Diego Aota, um, Storm Reed, Pete Davidson. I know him. Taika Watiti. I know him. Alice Braga. I actually know her. Uh, Steve Ed- Agi? Agi? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tanisha Kajessi? <laughs> I don't know how to say your last name. I apologize. I remember when actors used to like take on screen names, you know, to simplify, uh-huh. you know, things where people could pronounce. <laughs> now I feel like they're going the opposite side of the spectrum where they're just making their names more complicated for people or just keeping the real names, exactly. maybe. <laughs> <sighs> you got another like eight to go. Exactly. You could do it. Daniela Melik. Kyre, <laughs> sure. Um, the one I was surprised by, uh, Peter Capaldi. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Doctor Who, <laughs> exactly. Um, Julio Ruiz, Jennifer Holland, Viola Davis returning, Idris Elba, um, Margot Robbie, and Michael Rooker. 
Yes, a lot of these names have been rumored yes. in the, the last couple months. I was definitely surprised by uh, Doctor Who, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, Sean Gunn is probably a big no-da, obviously. He's going to be part of it. Um, John Cena is no surprise. He was also someone who was rumored to take over the role that uh, Batista was actually yes. supposed to be playing. Um, and then who else was there? There was some, Oh, Nathan Fillion. That's pretty awesome. He's worked with Gunn in the past. Mm-hmm. So I was excited to see him up there. And people are kind of speculating that he might end up playing like a Green Lantern or one of the heroes. He's got the jaw for it. So <laughs> I don't know if it's more than that. I want them to cast Idris Elba as Green Lantern. Yes. Because I forget, it was like years ago he was rumored to be Jon Stewart. I think that'd be fucking awesome, man. To well, see let me let role. me throw this at you. What if Nathan Fillion is Green Lantern, but he's the Green Lantern that dies and passes it on to uh, Idris Elba? Oh, that'd be cool. And we see kind of like an origin within this film. That would definitely work. You know, just a quick little origin. Mm-hmm. I like that they're willing to play around, you know, with continuity, and they're not like bogged down by it. Mm-hmm. So. And, you could basically bring whatever you know hero that you want, as long as they're not like going to play with that character soon. And I feel like Green Lantern's probably a movie that's way off into yes. the future, so I see why not. You know, I don't know exactly what the storyline would be that would bring the Green Lantern across the Suicide Squad, but you know, they both feel like good picks to play that character. We know nothing though, so because um, Nathan Fillion too. I mean, he might make a good Batman. He's got the jaw for it. I could see him in that role. I guess. You know. Um, he'd be a great Guy Gardner, too. I could see him playing Guy, that version of Green Lantern. You know, it's mm. just kind of like a smug prick. You know, and yeah, then you could you could have both of them as Green Lantern then. Because you could have John Stewart Green Lantern and you could have Guy Gardner. So that would be fun. Um, I'm hoping John Cena dies within the first five minutes of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Not because I hate John Cena. I kind of do. But... You know, it just feels like, you know, a big name that they could kind of kill off mm-hmm. for fun right away. Well, that was my assumption when I saw Nathan Fillion. Because he's also one of those kind of guys that will do small bit parts. He had apparently a small bit part in Guardians. That I, I don't know if it was just mostly CGI because I don't remember it at all. Hmm. But in one of the articles I was reading, they were talking about him being in Guardians. It's like, who was he? But it was it was like some alien in the prison scene, I oh. guess. So, I mean, it must have been either high, like a lot of makeup or just CGI. Yeah. <laughs> I did appreciate, though, that um, the quote on the image that he put out was, don't get too attached. And with a cast this large, you can just start killing people off. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they will. They will. Um, and it's just the characters that they're rumored mm. um, to be playing, like a lot of the roles that it seemed like were floating out there. It feels like a lot of disposable characters, yeah. if you will. <laughs> so, because we heard like what, like Polka Dot Man, yeah. uh, Peacemaker, uh, King Shark is supposed to be one. Rick, well, Rick Flag, he was in the first one, right? Uh, Captain Boomerang's returning, but he's not safe. So, Rat Catcher, you know, a lot of characters that you know, no one would blink an eye at mm. if they you know end up killing off. You know, especially in the first, like, couple minutes, so. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to this. So that and Birds of Prey. I'm actually, yes. we got two, like, you know, decent-sized, like, DC films coming up in the next, like, couple years, so. They're really resting on their villains, and I, that's one of DC's strong suits. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, I agree completely. All right, well, uh, back over to Disney. Uh, they have more, you know, kind of rumors going around for Star Wars. Yes, so there was a rumor of a solo spin-off show for Disney+. Plus. Um, and what was this based on, Christian? It's kind of based off of a blogger who has had some success in the past with posts and stuff. At least it wasn't Reddit this time. Yes. <laughs> a step above. Just a step above. Um, but they're talking about, you know, taking concepts from multiple Star Wars series and well, film ideas that they had. That were in development already, yes, right? and then just putting it onto Disney+. Plus. So, like, with Solo, you know, they, they clearly had an idea for a trilogy or... On well, sure. however many you know films and you know now you have this basis of like um kiara and maul and you know how does maul end up you know with the crimson dawn crimson dawn and how does he end up alone after that because he does lose everything at some point that's right that's right we saw that in mm. rebels so um so this is being reported by making star wars um it, is this something you want to see i know you were a bigger fan of the solo mm. movie than i was I mean, I like the underbelly that we got to a glimpse of, and I'd like to see them explore that more. And like what we're getting with the Mandalorian, I think we're start we're getting you know another step into that. But I think it'd be interesting to see you know. Um, I really want to know what the fuck happened with Maul. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's one of the only reasons. I'm like, I really want to know what the hell's going on with Darth Maul in that scene. I and I just feel like there would be a very good dynamic between his character and Kiara. Just. Based off what I've seen, it feels very Game of Thrones e so, too for her. <laughs> yeah, so this would be a solo spinoff without yes. solo, and I could see them throwing in Lando, like during maybe this just time like, period, like guest appearances mm-hmm. or something like that. Do you think Donald Glover would actually be up for like a like he'd be reprise? Down. Well, it's not like Alden Ehrenreich is doing like tons; he's just super busy. But he might want to step away from the role then after all the bad like you know mm. press he got from it so well which is i don't feel like it's his fault yeah completely. that same blog though was like very much saying like oh there's a you know twitter movement where people are saying han solo 2 over and over again so is i don't know there I, I i haven't seen it myself okay <laughs> <laughs> but it's it i guess that comes from you know now that it's on streaming services and stuff like that and people have had a chance to see it for free on their well, for free on their own yeah, you know they're giving it more of a chance, and I can totally see a lot of the fans that you know were big into the prequels and everything, kind of enjoying this film more than you know they gave it credit for. But they were you know not wanting to go to the theater because of everything that happened with the Last Jedi, which so, is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I did go to the theater. I I was actually really excited for this film, but I was let down in the long run. I have revisited the film recently. It's not as bad, mm-hmm. you know, as I initially, you know, thought after watching it. Um, there's definitely aspects of it that I enjoyed. I wouldn't mind seeing like a Disney Plus series, you know, yeah. wrapped around it. You I know? feel like Even it if works it like that. Has nothing to do with Solo himself. If we're just kind of like exploring different mm-hmm. elements, you know, like the Crimson Dawn, that'd be cool. So um, I'm for it. Why not? <laughs> I'm going to have Disney Plus anyway, so. Exactly. <laughs> We've already got our money. Yeah, right. All right. Um, on the horror front, uh, Fed, Fede Alvarez is producing the next 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. So it was talked about a while back that Legendary was going to be producing another film, um, you know, for the Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre franchise. But it looks like it's actually a done deal. Um, Bloody Disgusting is reporting. So, um, and I think, you know, Alvarez is the perfect choice to like helm, you know, such Mm -hmm. a project. He's not going to direct it, it sounds like. It sounds like it's just going to be a straight like executive producer role. So um, the one thing that I kind of grimaced at is the fact that they're going to be doing a straight sequel to uh texas chainsaw massacre 74 you know the original toby hooper classic texas chainsaw that just came out Mm. like what like six seven years ago was also supposed to be like a direct sequel to that um and we saw how well that worked i'm sure this is probably all stemming from halloween's recent success just tell your own story. Like, don't be handcuffed to that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, even this, God, even the sequel, the first, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, mm-hmm. they weren't even too handcuffed to, like, the original movie. So I don't see a reason for that. Like, just, you know, do your own thing. I mean, Leatherface has always had this weird, like, cult of characters surrounding him. Yeah. So if... You, I mean, all those actors are gone at this point. So let's go ahead and let's move on. And, you know, I, well, I think the hitcher still, the hitchhiker is still alive. But let, let's just do, like, yes, let's just move on and uh, tell our own story. Great I definitely. Stuff. I love what they did with the remakes, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, like, put another awesome cast around them, everything like that. We had, like, Sheriff Hoyt and, you know, it was a cool cast around. So you can do something different and original, but still capture that, you know know nostalgic feel exactly. of the first ones it definitely feels like it's been enough time to have a full-scale reboot yes and we already we've had it and it mm-hmm. worked so why not you know i mean alvarez i he feels like the perfect choice you know while i wasn't the hugest fan of evil dead you know his remake mm-hmm. um it just was missing kind of the charm of the original I mean, he definitely knows how to do, like, blood and guts and that kind of grit so that Texas Chainsaw Massacre would call for. So I feel like, you know, he's a good choice. I don't don't remember how you felt about Don't Breathe, but I absolutely loved that I did love Don't Breathe. Mm -hmm. So I I was a big fan of that movie. Um, So I'm all on board, you know, with his vision and everything like that, you know, for the film. Um, But we'll see. We'll see where they go. Not to derail us, but I, when I was looking him up, I just randomly saw that his name is attached to Labyrinth as well, which I didn't realize that they were making a new Labyrinth film. I feel like that's been <laughs> in like pre-production for yeah. years. That's a weird choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if like Henson's like company would be attached to that. Also, I just can't see him being like. That's bizarre, man. You just threw me for a loop. <laughs> I couldn't even wrap my head around that. Where do you go with that? So I have no idea. Is it? Is he gonna like? Is that's pretty much a musical? Also, mm-hmm. so I, I mean, maybe he's got it in him. I don't know. So, but they, it, to direct or to produce? Um, it didn't say. It just said it's in you know the works. It didn't have it under a certain you know. I'm not surprised though with the success of like Dark Crystal and everything mm-hmm. right now. That's having a renaissance. So I mean. Why not? You know, there's a lot of fans. It's got a big cult following. 
I it's going to be really hard to like recapture that magic though without exactly. like David Bowie. Yeah. So we'll see though. I that's a weird choice though to have Alvarez. <laughs> I mean, maybe he has something else in his like biography that I don't know about. So like he used to be a puppeteer or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, David, you saw a movie this weekend. I did. I saw Haunt. Hey, Christian, where did you get that awesome vintage Spider-Man shirt from? Damn it, I scoured the internet looking for cool stuff to wear, and I found this awesome website called westcoastgeeks.com. Plenty of awesome merch that I think even you and our listeners would like. I'm always looking for more nerd swag, Christian. Great, because they've got figures, they got pop figure shirts, hoodies, the works, man. I think they even got graphic novels now. Keep talking, man. Well, I mean, if you go and check it out today, you can use our promo code NERDSHOW. Get 20% off. Hold on. So I'm doing this shit for free, and you've got a whole fucking racket running on the side? Damn, I'm a podcaster. I gotta eat. Well, I like food. Well, then have our listeners head over to westcoastgeeks.com today and get some sweet merch. And don't forget that promo code, NerdShow. And now, our feature presentation. couple weeks ago we got a trailer for this before that i heard nothing about this movie whatsoever no news or anything which is weird because the internet right so i checked this out on video on demand um on apple uh it's also on google play right now it's like it's been released in like select theaters but there weren't many playing it around us it's by two like bigger names in the horror like you know, community right now of hmm. uh, the writers of The Quiet Place. So, I mean, they have buzz around their names. So I was surprised. The trailer looked interesting, though. But I had little to, like, no expectations going into this film. So it was really, like, the closest thing to, like, going to the video store, like, on Friday nights and just, like, randomly picking out a horror movie, like, based on the cover art. Sometimes you pick like a complete disaster of a film and want a refund right away. And then there's other times where you find a gem. And I'm happy to report this is the latter. Um, this is a simple but effective horror movie that is in a strange way almost like a throwback, which is weird to say because the simplicity mm -hmm. of the script. It's like a paper thin plot, but it works. Um, it relied on ingredients like setting pacing atmosphere the sound design is huge in this film but all those th ingredients really help like tell the story and get the horror across um it takes place in an old warehouse that is just like completely perfect for what the filmmakers want to do like you know with their set designs and it really leads to a lot of like suspense and you know different like setups 
for our like main protagonists to kind of explore. Um, the actors are really solid to strong in their performances. Uh, some of the characters are a little bit cookie cutter, um, but they're not just like cannon fodder, which I enjoy because you actually like the characters, which a lot of times with these movies, mm-hmm. you're kind of rooting against the characters in the end, especially yes. if the performances are horrible and they're just obnoxious. Um, that wasn't the case at all with this. Um, I really liked Katie Stevens as Harper. Um, she's like our lead of the film. She like starts off, we kind of get introduced to her. We find out that she's in an abusive relationship. And then like throughout the film, we discover that it like echoes her family life growing up. Um, she, uh, as she like kind of goes through like these different like horrifying experiences through the haunt, she's kind of reliving like a lot of that past trauma like through flashbacks. Um, she really like carries the weight of the whole movie and like her whole arc is really nice as a character because it's really like about her resolve you know like you know that trauma and everything like that you know almost fueling you know the outcome of you know her character and how she ends up reacting to all these events Um, it's a really like subtle performance and it's never like completely over the top which makes it almost feel more believable. So I I really liked her performance. And like I said, she, it, she carried a lot of this film. But everyone else's performance, for the, the most part, was solid. Um, there's another love interest um, played by Ty Hoffman. I don't know if I'm getting his name right. Who, where I was like, man, this guy's actually a really good actor. <laughs> like, I feel like he's probably going to go on to do other things. I don't know. Maybe he has done other things. I just have never heard of him before. But I was like, oh, this guy's really likable and everything like that. Very cookie-cutter role, though. Like, you knew exactly what his, you know, his whole, like, role in the movie was going to be, like, right from the get-go. But he was likable. There was a charm to his character. So I was impressed. I was I was really impressed with the casting. And casting for a movie like this with such a thin plot is so important. Um, the script um, takes a less is more approach with the villains, which I really dug. Um, and the Ben Cooper mask that they're wearing in the trailer and everything like that actually worked. And I kind of had concerns about that when we originally kind of mm. reacted to the trailer. Um, but they add enough like creepiness to what's going on um, that it really like helped a lot of like the horror and like suspense in the film. So I dug that. Um, they also serve a purpose, which I won't completely spoil. So I'm going to go kind of light on spoilers too, because, you know, like me, I want people to kind of like discover the yeah, film. Um, you know, and it's something that I feel like you're not going to hear a lot about. So hopefully people will listen to this and maybe check it out on their own. Uh, but we don't really know about much about like the villains and their motives. There's a lot of mystery. Um, but what we do discover, I thought was really like creative and interesting. Um, something different and something that like left enough meat on the bone that I'd like to actually see explored maybe down the line in like future films if they do like you know if it does well enough where they decide to like you know take it that way and make it into a franchise which i feel like it does have potential to be um it left me wanting more um there is like a red herring character that's kind of thrown in there 
I could have done without it. It does like serve a purpose overall, but I don't know. It, it's a little weak. It did feel very like 80s slasher movie, you know, when there is kind of that who's done it like yeah. element to it. But I don't know. People see it for themselves. And, you know, I think right away you'll know, you know, within the first 15 minutes, okay, this is pretty obvious. Um, it, it, and also, I feel like maybe it didn't like completely pay off in the long run now that I'm thinking of it. So, but when it comes to like the violence, in the gore of the film because watching the trailer it had kind of like a saw-like vibe where i was like oh maybe they're setting up these rooms and they have to escape you know each one of these different scenarios and everything like that um that's kind of there but it's not over the top it's not like overindulgent you know they the gore is there but it's like i don't know it's almost slight, like the the way they use it, where it's vi- it's impactful, but it's very brief. You see it, so there's a payoff to a lot of these scenes, so you know that you know these characters are in peril, but at the same time they're not like hanging on the scene for too long. Um, so, which could be a good or bad thing, you know, depending on your taste mm-hmm. on like you know in horror movies overall. I didn't think it. I, I didn't come into this movie looking for that kind of movie, so it was okay. Um, but if you're thinking that this is going to be a gore fest, it's not. But there's some there's some juicy scenes in there. Um, overall, what makes this movie work so well is it's well directed and it's well written. Um, Scott Beck and Brian Woods just like crafted a fun horror film um and it's they constructed like some truly like claustrophobic scenes um that really allows you to be like like put yourself into like the character's shoes so and that for me that's what makes these kind of movies Mm. work so well um like the saw franchise i always like watching some of the puzzles and games that the characters had to go through and endure i always put my like what would i do in that situation and this movie plays along with that idea and everything you know how would i handle this so you know it, it it's just you know my kind of horror movie so i really did enjoy that um is it like on my all-time classic list or will it be at some point doubtful but if you're looking for like a fun horror movie this halloween and you know that a movie that's not a sequel or a remake i definitely would like recommend checking this out yeah i mean that sounds like overall for this year where would you put it i know it might not be on your classic list but if you had an idea of like, would you think this would be on your top five for this year so far? Um, for the genre, yeah, yes, I would actually surprisingly like because you know there were a lot of movies that I was looking forward to, you know, mm-hmm. horror wise, that I was really disappointed in this year, and this is a nice little surprise. So I, mean, I, I think at least top ten, and there's been that many horror yes. movies released this year. <laughs> and there's gonna be plenty more. Yes. So at least, you know, it's on you know, a top list. I don't know if it'll be like overall, probably not. But it you know, something, you know, is to to be said about like a movie where you just kind of like discover it. 
You know, I miss those days of like going to mm. like coconuts or like if you're in, in the Chicago land area, there's like this awesome like record store called Rolling Stones. When I was a kid, I used to go there and like you'd browse like the DVD section. Well, mm. actually, it was like a VHS sec- section back then. But <laughs> and you would like, you know, I would buy movies just based on like the cover art and everything like that. And it was I don't know. I always enjoyed those movies that you discovered on your own. There's something to be said for mm. that, you know, where it kind of feels like you own part of it when you discover it. And then you like you talk to your friends at school and like, hey, did you check this out movie? And you you just kind of like, you know, that word spreads, you know, it's almost like a grassroots type deal. So I feel like this is that kind of movie. Um, you know, I don't know if it'll be something that's revisit it over and over again like during the season Mm -hmm. down the line but it's definitely worth checking out uh i just i mean i haven't seen it so i mean from basically what you've been saying though i think a lot of films have been missing out on this is where it's like it sounds like there's a lot of quality for atmosphere rather than you know this quantity of so much story that they've been trying to throw in in horror films keep it simple stupid yes (laughs) (laughs) atmosphere sound design um just the, the the setup of the scenes you know like the editing of this movie is so well done where you could tell they took their time with like okay well we're not gonna over you know score this film we're gonna sit there and we're gonna provide different beats and you know it is like there's like sound effects that are happening mm-hmm. to kind of underline you know big scenes where it adds to the scene and doesn't take away it's not like telegraphing exactly what's going to happen which a lot of horror movies do a lot of times with their sound design um it really just added to it where like you know certain like sounds and everything like that in this movie you know if it becomes a bigger hit i think will actually end up being like more iconic um it was just really well done i'm glad to hear that i'm I'm, looking at that trailer i was definitely like this is you know a throwaway i just recently a couple maybe a year or two ago um saw the movie uh house that october built Mm -hmm. where it's like based on like a haunted house type scenario and everything like that and i was it was kind of getting like a cult following where i was actually seeing like people rocking shirts and everything so i was like oh check it out it's a cool premise because i don't think we've ever had like a good like haunted house you know, movie, not like an actual haunted house, but like about like, you know, October and going to haunted houses. I don't know what you're talking about, man. Eddie Murphy's um, Haunted Mansion. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Haunted Mansion. It, it's terrible. Yeah, it, it just looks so <laughs> awful. I stayed away. Um, but like, we've never gotten that before. And mm. it feels like such a concept that would just lend itself to a horror Absolutely. movie. So I checked it out and I was so disappointed. There's not like it really was just a huge letdown. There's nothing satisfying at all in that movie. There's bare like I think at the end, like you're finally about to get spoilers for a movie that came out like four years ago, but like you're about to get like a death and then it just ends. And it's like, okay, what? (laughs) (laughs) Were this like, you know, it it showed you its cards right away. But there was payoffs to everything, mm. you know, and it kept you wanting more. Like, I love what they did with the characters here. And I don't I want to talk more about it, but I don't want to spoil yes. it. <laughs> so the villains I found, like th- what little backstory we got was really intriguing. I was like, oh, that's a cool concept. I want to see more. Like, what the hell is this about? Did they really build on the threat of each villain? Yes, they all kind of have a little bit of, you know, from what we got, there's very little dialogue from any of mm. them. But you do feel you do feel like there's a threat. 
um you know especially when you see what they're kind of about um so and that's all i can say <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> So if I was going to give this a rating and starting this week, we're going to start doing letter ratings because we just decided that it works better for what yes. we do. <laughs> um, I would give this a B minus. B minus. Yes. So check it out. Fun little horror movie. Definitely a good time. All right. Especially for the season. Uh, did I ever say that one of my first jobs was being in a haunted house? No. They pay you in pizza? No, they um because <laughs> I know they a ran lot of... away. What? They ran away at the end when they were supposed to pay everyone. They just ditched town. Where was the haunted house? Now this was at like this restaurant off of like um Cermak. Like like they just put it together this one year. They looked for actors. Um, I wanted to do it. I wanted to give it a try. I actually got one of the lead parts. I was like the crazy cannibal cook. That makes and, sense. Like everything. Um, okay. <laughs> I can see it. Uh, I I was disgusting. I spit in like this jar, like my actual spit in a jar, and oh. I made people smell it. Oh god! And I did that. I'm gonna gag. Stop. <laughs> it's horrible. Four nights a week, man. Wait. So they weren't paying you as you went along? No, they just said, "Hey, we'll pay you at How the end." How old were you? I was high school. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. They kept I, promising paying. I, I know like, a lot of like haunt actors, mm. um, so I, I know typically actors don't get paid much. Some of the bigger haunts nowadays, mm. I guess they are starting to actually like. I have friends paid. that are like in the industry more now. So. Yeah, but like, yeah, you usually the joke was you'd get like a slice of pizza and a coke at the end of the <laughs> night. That was your payments, but it was always like high school mm. kids and everything. So I'm not surprised that someone took advantage of you in your youth. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking spit in a jar, man. That's disgusting. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk some wrestling. Yes. <laughs> Christian, you like podcasts. I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new Podcoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards, um, Amazon, Starbucks. I believe they even have Target. Um, you can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If really? you're actually a good person, unlike yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me like too. Daily. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Uh, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and go download PodCoin. All right. The pod player that pays. There are moments in life when everything changes in the blink of an eye. Tonight, don't blink. Tonight, we will show you that we are not just the future, we are the now. There is something special in the atmosphere here. This is passion. 
This is pride, groundbreaking, defiant, undisputed, and damn sure unapologetic. We are not your kind. We are here. We are live. R-N-X-T. Let us show you. Damon hates wrestling. All right, this weekend we had Clash of Champions, uh, WWE's Middle Ground pay per view. (laughs) Middle Ground, did you call it? Yes. Well, you're not lying. Alright, so I did not watch the 205 live match by design. Oh man, you missed a classic. It was Drew Gulak and that name I can't say and Lince Dorado. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't see it either. Yes, I, I drew, drew Gulak, you know, defended the title though. Yes, so. you were correct. Yes. I, I think you have a perfect score so far with uh, 205 live match. Amazing, since I don't watch the product <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but also, surprisingly, AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander was on the pre-show. Yes. What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> so, like, SummerSlam, we got no Roman Reigns, no Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. and now we're getting AJ Styles on the pre-show. Like, I know they have a big roster, but you gotta fucking feature your stars. Mm-hmm. He's one of the more over-fucking characters, you know, in the whole fucking... I. I what are they doing? <laughs> I saw that. And I was like, what is this? It's ridiculous. I, maybe it's their way of like trying to keep wrestlers fresh or something, but it just makes no sense. You know what I think would have been an interesting idea? If they had put the um, Raw Tag Championships on um, the pre-show instead. Yeah, and that feels like their MO. They usually do that. Usually mm. the tag well, belts get I mean, featured. It's, it's Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. But that gets you interested in the pay-per-view in general. Like, okay, now what they're going to do with these two. Does anyone actually like, well, get well, that's it the point. <laughs> on pay-per-view anymore, though? Oh, like, uh, is yeah. the whole idea of a pre-show just archaic at this point? Because kind of. if you have the WWE Network... And you're you're not just watching the pre-show. You're you're probably if you're tuned in, if you've opened up the app at that time, you're gonna watch the fucking pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So I don't get it. Like it just feels like dated at this point. So, but anyway, what else gets me about this match is they just buried Cedric Alexander. He just got his ass beat mm-hmm. this entire match. It was in his hometown. So and they tend to do that sometimes yep. when it's in their hometown. When you're in their hometown, it's the rule. Um, it's not always the rule, but it, birthdays it, it and hometowns. Yes, they definitely hate wrestlers' birthdays. <laughs> though I will give you that. If they mention someone's birthday, they're getting their ass kicked that night. So, but yeah, it, it, they even mentioned his family being in the crowd. But they buried the shit out of him, and then they did the same the next night on Raw. He was in like a tag match. With the uh, OC. And he, he took the pin and everything. Apparently, McMahon is, like, ordering this burial. I don't know if it's, this is to, like, build him up somehow. Um, but I don't get it. Because they have been featuring him a lot lately. It yeah. seemed like he was going to be, like, in line for an actual push. So, but I guess not. 
Um, and I, I mean, AJ Styles, he can handle a loss. You know, I didn't expect him to lose the match, but mm. I just expected a stronger showing from Cedric. Um, and maybe something where the OC gets involved, costs him the match, leave a little something for the guy, you know, to hang his hat on in the end of the night, you know. Um, but all right. Let's talk about the beginning of the show. I, I kind of figured they were going to start off with this match. It only makes sense to bookend the pay-per-view this yeah. way. Uh, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler um, going up against Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, your Raw Tag Team Champions. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match? I, I don't know, man. I, I wanted to see at least you know Braun like, seeming like he could handle it by himself more. Because he did before. Yeah. Right? <laughs> when he had an eight-year-old right. in his corner. Just, but, like, the fact that what happened in this match compared to what happens, like, his strength level in the last match of the night, mm-hmm. it just felt very off completely. Here's my question. What the fuck was the point of them winning the tag team titles? There was no point. Because if you think about storyline-wise, we've seen this story before, mm. you know, where you have two guys who are feuding, ending up being teamed together and winning the tag team titles. Things always end up coming to a head. It adds heat to their, you know, title match later on. They just lost here. They didn't blow up and, like, have any, like, serious, like, heat between each other. There was no tension between the two. They just lost. And that was it. It was like, what was the point of them, like, winning the belts in the first place? It can't just be to get the belts on rude and ziggler mm-hmm. you know because they could have just beat the former champions so i'm not quite sure why you know storyline wise they needed to have the belts so, you know and then i feel like it kind of watered down their main event match later on because we've already seen them you know at that point there's no way in hell no matter like i watched like even with the replay for the end there where they show you know, Braun Strowman knocking, I think it's Dolph Ziggler, into um, Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins, you know, hitting the turnbuckle and then um, eating the finisher. There's no way Seth Rollins wouldn't have kicked out of that. Mm-hmm. Out of every match I've seen him in, taking all this hell, there's yes. no way he wouldn't have kicked Against Brock I was like, Lesnar. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no way he wouldn't have kicked out of uh, Robert Roode's DDT. Now, I was excited for Root to get the pin on the Yeah, champion. I was like, man, they just put him way over. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And I'm glad they actually followed that up the next night with the match, you know, like in the main event to Raw. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good for Rude. But, I mean, are they going to really ever do anything much with that? Are they going to, is this the start of a big push for Rude? Probably no. not, you know. I'm, I do like the idea of Ziggler and Rude together as a tag team. But I feel like we've got a lot of these like thrown together tag teams mm-hmm. right now. I hope that if they are going to be a legitimate team, that you know they go full on with it and you know kind of do like a bar thing where you know at first you know uh, Cesaro and Sheamus were kind of on different pages, but then finally they became a fully formed team. Um, you know, so th- that's just my only thing because I do like I like to see them as a team. I think they are a good team. Um, you know, and they're the kind of guys who could really put like on good matches and feed for a face tag team and get them over big time. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I wasn't surprised by, you know, the results of this match at all. I was just surprised that it wasn't like them blowing up at each other because, you know, that's what you do. That's the only <laughs> thing that makes sense storyline wise. All right. So what do we have next? Up uh, next, we have Bailey and Charlotte. And Charlotte was 
in her hometown. Yes. So what happened, Christian? Um, she got she hit the corner <laughs> and then immediately got rolled up. They didn't even give her like a full fucking match. No. It was crazy. It's three minutes and forty five seconds. No, I did enjoy Bailey being a heel. Mm-hmm. I will say that, you know. I don't like the fact that the camera didn't like bother to catch her taking the turn buckle off. Yes. Like in the in the like while the match was going on. They didn't bother showing you that. So when it happened, it was kind of sudden. You didn't know what the fuck was going on. And then they show you in the replay. Okay, no, Bailey actually, you know, undid the turnbuckle. And that's what cost her the match. Um, I love the fact, though, that she just, like, ran out of the fucking arena. (laughs) I thought that was well done. And it's just kind of getting her more over as Hmm. a heel now. So, um, But I thought that would mean that she would have more of a role in the rest of the night. But I guess not. Yes, yes. And Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I definitely agree. That's what I was expecting also. Uh, All right. So next up, we have The Revival versus New Day. Uh, Yeah. It was a a weird match. Um, I liked a lot of what we got with, um, you know, them going up against Xavier by the end. Um, I thought it told a good story. Like, I actually enjoyed it. I I thought it was one of the better matches on the card. But I I, I thought it told a good story. Mm -hmm. It was a little weird at the end, though, where, like... He was kind of stalling, and like Corey Graves, even like like just pin him. What are you doing? Because <laughs> I felt like that moment could have mm-hmm. happened after he pinned him, and I feel like a team like the Revival would be smart enough, you know, to do that. But I like the fact that they were trying to injure Xavier even yes. further. So, but then Xavier ended up being on SmackDown. That you know the the next was he fine. Week. He was limping a little, but he wasn't really selling because I thought, oh, this is a, a move to like mm. put him on the shelf. For a while, but no, 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 no such payoff. <laughs> At least put him in the wheelchair again or something. something. He had a brace on his knee, you know, and I don't know if he has a legitimate injury, but hmm. it just, it, I don't know. It didn't seem like it made any sense, but I love seeing the revival in the ring because they, they're such a well-oiled machine. I, I, I didn't like the promo at the end. Where, where it's like, oh, the old school is getting the belts back. Oh, I was like, eh. Was that in the locker room? No, that's them. Uh, they did it on the stage right before they left. And they were kind of like hyping up Randy Orton going up against um, Kofi. Yes, which I thought was also weird. And we'll talk mm. about that later. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's kind of like their typical promo. So it is a little cheesy. It felt like something that would be off camera. Rather than like, it's odd that featured. they should. I totally forgot about that. It's odd that they would mm-hmm. decide to do that right then and there, too. Like, usually that is something that they would capture, like, you know, in the after show or something yeah. like that. So, all right. So, what do we have next? Uh, Bliss and Nikki Cross going up against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Fire and Desire. Yes. I hate their soft porn music that they come down <laughs> to. <laughs> What the hell, man? They've got to get better music. It sounds like something from like Silk Stockings, mm-hmm. like from the nineties. Like it's just awful. At the same time, I'm surprised that Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss don't have a mixed together song yet. They have because it's the same type of theme. They've been really lazy with the theme, especially mm-hmm. for the tag teams lately. Like when they're throwing these tag teams together, it used to be back in the day if you tagged for more than a couple months, your team would get its own theme they're just doing like these like hodgepodges of like we'll play a little bit of your song and then a little bit of her song and then a little bit of her it's awful sounding though 
Um, you know, and they, they're kind of coming out separately. It, mm-hmm. it just, it doesn't work. Um, and their yeah, two songs don't mesh at all together. So, but I mean, they're both dubstep songs. So you think you could just take the laughter from Nikki Crosses and just throw it on top of Alexa Bliss's? It, it'd work fine. I don't know, man. They used to fucking throw that, like, you know, entrance, like, music's money around left and right. Mm. And I don't know what Do the Do you remember uh, Rated RKO's music? No. Where it literally switched between the two songs? And maybe that's when it started. <laughs> you know? So it's always been a pet peeve for me. Like, if you're going to be a team, then a real team, you got to have your own mm. fucking song. So, um, but yeah, the match was okay. Yeah, it was it was one of their better ones so far yeah. from what I've seen of them as a team. Um, they put Nikki over strong. Yes, you know um, I don't know what what it is with Alexa. I feel like she's maybe still like injured or just she's feel, definitely slowed down. Yes, you can tell. It was it was interesting. She and Peyton Royce were posting like videos of them and NXT for um, the NXT premiere this week, and you could really tell like how much she's changed her style, how much she's slowed down. Because, I mean, they're just, like, throwing each other everywhere. And mm-hmm. it seems like they're taking as much risks as they could in NXT. Yeah. Whereas now you can really see there's a protected... Well, and there's more... is a different mindset, too. Mm-hmm. You're trying to be noticed at that point. But So you feel like it's more like she's trying to protect from injury yeah. or maybe she has an injury still and she's trying to be cautious with that. Cause I, that's, I, that's what I'm guessing, you know, and I, I, we never really found out exactly what the injury was. I don't know if it's yeah. concussion related. That's what I'm assuming. Um, I don't ever really remember like finding out what that was exactly. Cause it was weird. Like she'd show up, she'd kind of wrestle and then all of a sudden she would disappear again or she wouldn't be wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Has the team grown on you at all? I, I'm I'm liking it a little bit more now. I'm still I still prefer Nikki on her own, yeah. you know, getting a big push, but I do know. if they do break up, and I think I said this last podcast, but if they do break up, I would actually prefer to see Nikki Cross be the one to turn on Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. So just something different, fresh, and just, you know, bring back that monster out of like yes. Nikki. So And the crowd is still very much behind Nikki, which I was appreciate I really like that from the crowd this uh yes. I will say, like, I I wouldn't have been, like, too heartbroken if Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville actually won. I felt like, you know, this was a good time to put the belts on them. It seemed like the direction they would go, but it, it, it didn't happen. Yeah, it did not. All right, so what do we have next? Uh, we have ne- Nakamura going up against The Miz. With uh, Sami Zayn, Zayn in his corner. Dear God, I'm so happy they turned off his mic <laughs> in the beginning. Like I, I enjoyed what he was saying, but I was like, it can't be the whole fucking yeah. match. So I, at points, I was just like, I feel like I'm watching Sami Zayn more than I'm watching this match. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I did like Sami Zayn's comment though, calling uh, Miz the king of soft style. Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like Miz's work rate has gone down recently. Mm. And maybe I'm just getting more annoyed with him because the caliber wrestler that he's going up against, you know, I, I think I kind of said the same thing when he was up against uh, Andrade. Um, it just seeing those kind of clashes of styles mm. where he works such a protected, you know, soft style, if you will, on um, that WWE style um, compared to like, you know, Nakamura or Andrade. It's just, it definitely felt like Nakamura had to like hold back. 
in yes, this match. which is unfortunate. Mm. So it was an okay match. It wasn't bad. I was happy to see Nakamura retain them. Mm-hmm. So that that was surprising because I know that Miz is close to tying that record for the IC belt, which they brought up like multiple times, too. Um, and that was probably just as a red herring. But like with Jericho being the guy that he'd be tying, I wouldn't be surprised. You mm. know, that way they can just mention Miz when they talk about the record. You know, as they did not mention Jericho by name at all <laughs> when they're talking about it. So, um, but overall, it was an okay match. Yes. I just I want to see more of an edge from Miz because I feel like he has it in him to have good matches. I would like it if he would just officially drop Daniel Bryan's moveset. Yeah, it. I think that's part of it too mm-hmm. because it brings up, you know the focus on the fact that he's not a great striker at all. His punches are weak. His kicks look weak, especially comparatively speaking. Mm-hmm. And it really highlights like that. he did the running knee in this match, mm-hmm. and it just like it had zero effect on Nakamura, or it looked like it, it was doing yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's weak at best. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that 100%. I was a little sad that the crowd wasn't more into Nakamura. Um, watching this, like, he he tries to, like, uh, mock him by doing the Daniel Bryan kicks, and there's zero crowd reaction. Because I don't think people moment. give a shit about Miz as a face. True, yeah. He's got no steam. So, and, you know, they don't feature Nakamura enough. Mm-hmm. I do feel like there's legs on, you know, the teaming of Sami Zayn and Nakamura. But we'll see if, you know, WWE's, like, completely behind it mm-hmm. right now. So, um, all right. So, moving on, we've got Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch. And this is probably the match I was probably looking most forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, it didn't disappoint me. Um, I loved everything, you know, that happened in the ring. But the ending kind of definitely took away from it. Yeah. You know, it's a non-ending pretty much. They start brawling, you know, throughout the entire arena. Um, it was what it was. It wasn't great, you know, the brawling. But, you know, what we saw in the ring, it was probably, like, the best match of the night for me. Like, <laughs> I just wish it had an ending. I understood why it doesn't. Yeah. You know, it was obvious that they were setting up a Hell and Cell match, which we did find out. Um, this week that it will be, you know, those two in the hell in the cell. So I'm looking forward to that match, though. It did leave me wanting to see that. Um, I would have liked Sasha to look a little stronger at the end of it, though. Um, I felt like on this match, during this match, and then also on the two shows this week, she looked a little weaker. Like, I don't know if they're trying to build up Becky again. Um but I, she's the heel and she can afford to look weak, but I feel like they need to, you know, reheat her a little, mm. you know. I just, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I, I like the pairing of her and Bailey, though. I like what they're doing and everything like that. But it's okay if they leave Becky lying a few times. You know, Becky doesn't always have to come up on top. So I, I hope they don't get away from that. Yeah. So, and it seems like they're also turning Charlotte face again. So right. <laughs> I, I'm hoping it's just... You know, for this program, maybe. She I came a, out and helped out Becky on Raw. Gotcha. So. I had a feeling when she didn't, like, do anything at the end of her match that she was probably going to turn face at this point. Because mm-hmm. I liked that she had the ref come, like, force him to, like, help her out of the ring. Mm-hmm. But I was expecting, okay, now she's going to throw the ref into the steps. You know, I was I was expecting some type of heel move. It did feel like she respected what Bailey did. 
a little mm-hmm. when she like first got up and everything. She's like she almost kind of like oh she got me, you know. Um, but the fact that she showed up when Becky was about to get beat down, she was facing off against Sasha and Bailey, mm-hmm. both had chairs on Raw um, after they attacked Nikki Cross, who actually had a really strong showing. Um, it, she showed up and liked to help out Becky, which felt a little out of left field. So um, I was like, okay, well, I guess Charlotte is a face here. Um, maybe it's just more about getting revenge on Bailey. I don't know. But I also was expecting Bailey to interfere in this match, yes. you know, during the event, especially since we had such a quick finish. And then maybe you'd have Charlotte come out to like chase Bailey mm. away. But, you know, they didn't go that route. Like they hung on Becky at the end, you know, walking out of the arena. And she's just standing there for like 20, 30 seconds holding yeah. the title. And I was like, okay, Bailey's coming out with a chair. Did you catch her saying, the I'm the fucking champion? <laughs> she mouthed, I was like, wow, that was really. <laughs> So, but I enjoyed that. But mm. anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I'm enjoying the angle mm. for the most part. I just feel like they need to get a little more heat on Sasha yes. at this point. Match-wise, man, those transitions were awesome throughout it. You can tell that they've worked together mm. for a, a while. So they, they definitely know each other well in the ring. So that's why I'm excited to see what they do in the Hell in the Cell. Yes. All right. So next up, we had Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. Um, you know, it starts off very, it was very slow, but I think it got there. For me, I got there, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think it's, it's an okay end to their story right now, but you know, I wish there had been more to it. Yeah, I agree. It felt like they were leading to more to it. And mm. then like, I was expecting the revival to get involved and then maybe the new day to yeah. come out. You know, I was kind of thinking, okay, well, they took out the the New Day pretty much in their match. So now the Revival can interfere without the New Day coming to their, you know, to Kofi's defense. Yeah. So that, that made sense to me. But then they didn't do that, which was weird. Um, it was an okay match. The crowd was like dead yeah. for it, though, which is disappointing. And I feel like they need to, like, get Kofi going again. Like... He hasn't dealt with much adversity at this point, mm-hmm. you know, as a champion. I think maybe that might be the problem. You know, the, he was super over in his, like, build-up to WrestleMania and everything in the whole chase. And then when he won the title, it was great. Um, but since then, it's just been flat. Yeah. And I don't know exactly what that is. I don't know if it's just the booking, um, you know, him just winning too much. I'm not sure. Um so I was a little surprised that, you know, it ended here in such a clean fashion. But then we got what happened on SmackDown, which was Brock Lesnar showing up and challenging Kofi to a match on their premiere episode on Fox. Live on television yes. for free. Yes. So um, it's going to be a big show. Uh, I did like what they did with that segment, though. And the crowd during that did get behind Kofi. So it was a nice moment for him. He asked the New Day to clear the ring and everything. It makes him the underdog again, which I think is smart. Um, Do I think he's going to win the match? No, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, Do I think there's money in him chasing Lesnar, though, for the belt? Yes, and I think they could have a good match. 
if WWE is willing to let them. Mm-hmm. So well, he's going to sell for Lesnar like it's death. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I just feel like you're going to have a title change. They're going to want a title change on that, you know, premiere night yeah. on Fox. Um, you know, get people talking. Lesnar is someone that they like consider quote unquote a real athlete. Um, you know, they want more of a sports centric like, you know, uh, product on Fox. So Lesnar gives you that. So I understand it. It makes sense. Um, I just hope it's not, you know, the last we see of Kofi as champ. Because I feel like he just hasn't really, I don't know. He hasn't been giving, like, been given in, like, a fair shake in my, you know, Mm. estimation. I mean, he's had the belt for a bit now. Yeah. But he hasn't had any, like, storylines to really go along with his title. Exactly. And... You know, it just, he's, like, his biggest program has been with Randy Orton, which it had a good start and everything like that. I didn't like the finish of the first match, but I felt like there was more meat on the bone mm-hmm. that they didn't really explore. I know. I did like the finish to this match. I liked him, you know, avoiding the punt and getting the... Um... I did like that they set up the punt. Again. Yes. I hope he does eventually connect on someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... At the same time, I think I was, I wasn't expecting the whole Lesnar thing, so I was actually hoping that Randy would win this match. Mm-hmm. So then you would get kind of the same scenario with like Kofi chasing Randy for the belts and everything, because I mean they do work well together in the ring, you know. It's just it sucks that the crowd is so like not into it anymore yeah. after that WrestleMania match. I mean that match was magical, it was huge, so and it was the biggest reaction of the night. It's just weird, you know, to fast forward to now and like, you know, there's crickets yes. and actually some booze now for Kofi. So, um, all right. So what do we have next? Uh, Eric Rowan versus Roman Reigns in a no disqualification match. Yeah. Yeah. It was what it was. I liked Luke Harker, Harper being back. Mm-hmm. That was a nice surprise. I think I predicted it though. Right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fuck you, Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes these reports come out. You know, and I don't know if it was a question or something like that, but like literally it was like middle of the week before the pay-per-view and it was like, you know, WWE, you know, Insider says there's, you know, no chance of Luke Harper returning, you know, anytime soon. McMahon just doesn't see, you know, anything in him. Mm -hmm. And right away I was like, he's returning this week. (laughs) Like that's a leak, a purposeful leak. Like, someone said, go leak this to, you know, all the insiders and let them run with it. So it's a bigger surprise when Harper shows up. So there's always those little mm-hmm. leaks where it's like, okay, you know, they, they know what they're doing. They understand how social media works. So um, that being said, I, I I was excited to see him there. Rowan's been fucking killing it on the mic. He did a little, like, a, a promo in the ring. Or actually, it was an interview um, with Michael Cole really well done like super well spoken and just i don't i was like i don't know if he's taking acting classes or whatnot just really surprising and the whole initial like reveal of rowan as the guy was well done you know i don't i didn't like the angle itself but i was like man he's like killing it as a character right now so it actually had me interested in him as a character i like that they they so they had daniel bryan come out of the ring um after the little like you know uh, interview with Cole and everything like that to confront Rowan. Um, 
Daniel Bryan did not like turn like full face or anything like that. He was still very much the character he was before. Because I was mm. like, I hope he doesn't like just go right back to the old Daniel Bryan. But they they announced him as the new Daniel Bryan still, and he had his little sweater vest thing on and everything. Um, but you can see the face turn coming sooner than later. I feel like, especially once they go on to Fox, I feel like they're gonna want that strong baby face, and God knows. They don't know how to make baby faces anymore, so Daniel Bryan is already over as a face. Mm. You might as well go that route. Um, but Harper and Rowan, when they came out, they fucking decimated him. And then Reigns came out and they decimated him also. It was it was well done. And then it was just fucking chaos. They were throwing shit. Um, they sh- they threw Todd Phillips. <laughs> um, it, it was good stuff. Like it just felt chaotic, mm. you know, in a good way. I was like, okay, they they felt like a legitimate threat. I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know if they're just going to be a tag team. Um, I'm sure that we're going to get some kind of like pairing, like a tag team match with like Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus, you know, Harper and yes. Rowan. So I feel like that's probably where they're going. Um, but after that, I'm not sure. You know, it feels like this is all just kind of being put together, you know, night of and because it is, it sounds like. Um, so we'll see. I, I hope that I would love to see them as a tag team again. Cause I felt like there was a lot still there that they could have done, but then like due to injury, you know, it, it kind of got off track. Um, as long as they're not coming up with a stupid fucking balance mm. again. And you know, I didn't like their goofy costumes. Well, they have a whole new angle with Rowan being able to fucking talk. Yes. Right. <laughs> I like that. They're just wearing like death metal shirts uh-huh. and shit. Like they, he had like a cannibal corpse shirt on mm. the other. I was like, do they understand what shirt he's getting? <laughs> it was like a um, mom of earth. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's badass, but I was like, okay. Um, so, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm digging it. I, I would love to see like them versus like the Viking Raiders or something like that. That'd be a hell of a fucking tag match. So, it would. You know, I don't know if we'll get there, <laughs> I know. but it, it could be fun. They'd have to care about AOP, their tag teams. AOP, uh, is also back. Yes. Uh, I saw the vignettes. Yes. Those are some big tag teams you got going out there. So, I mean, it'd be fun to see, you monstrous know. Monstrous I think they teased AOP and the Viking Raiders at one point. So, like, during a battle royal or something like that. So I feel like you'll get that sooner than later. Which, it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mind big guys, like, being the shot of each other in the middle of the ring. Well, so. speaking of a big guy being a guy in the middle of the ring, we had Seth Rollins going up against Braun Strowman. What did you think of the match? Um, I liked it, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, I, I don't like whenever Seth Rollins uses the pedigree. Uh, really? That. I just, I, I'm not about it. What what what's your issue with it? I don't know. I it just feels like he's just using um, Triple H's finisher. I, did you not like it at the time when he first like took it on? Oh no, yeah, I didn't like it at all. See, I don't think storyline wise, I don't think it bothered me because it felt like a passing of the torch. Mm-hmm. You know, since you know Triple H was backing him, he was part of the authority and everything like that. It was felt like it, like his kiss ass way of paying like homage to him, and we knew that he couldn't do the stop anymore too at that point. Yeah, um, but. It was a nice little callback to, like, I'm doing whatever I can to get Strowman down. You know, I'm glad he didn't just, like, beat him. The match was kind of, like, big move after big move after big yes. move, which was fine. Um, I mean, Strowman's kind of limited. Is that, I but, mean, that's what I expect from a Strowman match. 
I would have liked to see him decimate Seth a little more hmm. in the fashion that, you know, Lesnar did and have him really like come back as like an underdog and make it look like he just won, you know, by the skin of his teeth. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been a little, you know, I don't know. It would have, it would have been a nice way of putting, you know, Strowman over in losing. You know, if that makes any sense. Where, yeah, he took the loss and everything like that, but he was that close to being champ. So, um, because I don't know where they're going with Strowman. You know? I don't know. He's lost every opportunity he's had. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a point where he's just, he doesn't feel like a realistic, you know, threat to the belt anymore because he keeps on losing all these Mm -hmm. matches. And we're seeing him get, like, opportunity after opportunity and you know completely fail but then at the same time he's made to look like this fucking monster in all these other matches like on raw he came out and just fucking destroyed two tag team the two two tag teams that are holding the belts right now so um it it just doesn't make sense you know um as a nerd like i want to like have like a through line of you know your powers and your strength <laughs> you know like uh-huh. you know your power set it, like it, and it feels like there's no continuity there yeah. you know the guy's flipping over trucks one minute and then he can't take a couple curb stomps the next you know i think I, oh was it um god money in the bank where they fucking like buried him underneath like fucking 30 yes. ladders or something insane like that and then he still ended up winning the fucking match so i don't know it is what it is and, and that's the problem when you overexpose a character like this he should be more of a like you know special attraction yeah. than anything so um seth on uh raw um oh well yes before, before we, we get ahead of ourselves <laughs> i totally forgot about the finish um which is another thing i i Okay, so we kind of predicted the finish on the podcast that Bray Wyatt would show up, and he yes. did. I thought that was well done. I thought maybe he would show up to like cost, you know, uh, you know, Braun the match, yeah. maybe or somehow. It's it's disappointing too that it couldn't have been a surprise, you know, since it was already announced that he was going to have a Hell in a Cell match with Seth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little, I don't know, it made it a little like anticlimactic, you know, for me. Um, but at the same time, it was well done, you know, so, and then on Raw, we also had him show up. He, he was throughout the show. Um, three segments. Yes. Three segments, but they're all well done. I enjoyed it. Um, he confronted Seth while he was in the ring, um, in his playhouse, which I, I, I liked that aspect, you know, that that's how he's going to be doing his promos now. He's never going to be, it doesn't seem like he's going to be ever like the fiend when he has the mic. He'll always be, you know, the fun house yes. like, um, host. So that works. Um, and then I like the idea of him teasing, you know, that, you know, someone's, you know, going to get added to his wall. And he had this whole segment where he was putting up this wall of pictures of different people that he's taken out, you know, taken out the last couple months, which was, which was a nice touch. Yeah, so, um, you know, I didn't see Kane randomly coming out yes. and saving the day, which was a little weird. Uh, they were in his hometown. He's in his hometown and everything like that. It was just weird because he had the whole 24-7 segment before that with, mm-hmm. you know, Truth, um, but which was actually pretty funny. I will give it to them. 
Um, but yeah, it was weird to see Kane in the old outfit and everything. He's a little out of shape now too. Um, I don't know if they he's spending more time being. No, I, man. Hey man, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> the man is probably fifty something uh-huh. at this point, so more power to him. He's still a fucking monster. But yeah, it's just weird to see him. Like he's the guy who's clearing the ring of all your top heels. It's a little weird. <laughs> but whatever. It's like a one-time thing. And I thought it, it was a well use of him because then you got to see um, Bray Wyatt attack him. I guess it's probably the closest thing to like a passing a torch other than like The Undertaker that you're ever going to get, you know, between, mm-hmm. you know, Bray and those, you know, characters. So um, it was a nice start. I would have liked to see Bray like all of a sudden be able to like, you know, summon the fire from the ring post at the end after he cool. attacks him. I thought that would be pretty <laughs> neat, but whatever. <laughs> Um, it was weird too. Like, so after he attacks him, like he has Seth in the corner, and he's almost like cowarding, like you know, like from Bray. It seems like um, that was a little off-putting. I don't know if you weren't your champion looking like that afraid. I thought it was fucking cool. It was. <laughs> it was a good shot. It was, but this is a guy who's gone against like Lesnar and Strowman. Is he really put him over Lesnar? I, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um. It's just not necessarily a great look for your champion, but it was a cool shot. Yeah. It was a cool shot. I will give that to you. So, um, he's fought Bray before. But anyway. <laughs> this is not Bray. If I just put on a Halloween mask, would you be scared of me, Christian? I'm scared of you now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And you should be. Um, so, but it then the end, like, they have the Firefly uh, Funhouse, like, music playing for, like, a minute at the end of the show, which was really bizarre. They did something after the first promo where they had all the graphics go upside down, and the announcers are, like, announcing the matches, and, like, the graphics are upside down. At first, I thought it was a fuck-up, and then I realized, oh, no, they're doing this on purpose. It's Bray's doing. So then they had, like, his theme, like, play at the end of Raw for, like, a minute. And it, like, going all crazy and shit. And I guess it was supposed to be more brave. So I don't know if that's a different element of the character they're going to be playing with um, in future episodes. I could probably do without it, though, Hmm. honestly. I don't need a a strong, like, supernatural vibe from the character. Because I feel like it always gets a little hokey, you know. I don't necessarily love it with The Undertaker and Kane. I, I ate all that shit up. So, so. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. I just don't want to see him like shooting lightning. Now I just a second oh, yes. ago said I want to see him summoning the fire, but <laughs> I've been a one time only thing. So But I guess he's he did he do something with the oh the the whole rocking chair with Sister Abigail. Wasn't there some like weird thing? Yeah. Where it like start rocking on its own or something. So I guess it's there, it's part of the character. Whatever. <laughs> but they're doing a great job with Ray. Mm-hmm. Um now, here's the thing. They're putting him in a title match really, really early on to like his run as this character. Can he afford to lose that match? Not really, not at the moment. But do you think you're just, you know, it's WWE striking while the iron is as hot as it can possibly be? I hope so. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't, I do feel like it's early on for this match mm-hmm. to happen, but if it's going to happen, I hope he does win it. Um, to build up the character more. I just don't know if I see them going that route, unfortunately. Um, how would you have him lose the match, though, where he still looks strong and it makes sense? I mean, 
you could have the whole match like it's you know it's a full 15 minute match and then maybe you know they're on top and braun shows up and goes up to the top and pushes him off or something you think Okay, whoa. <laughs> now you're just fucking straight up killing motherfuckers, huh? <laughs> I don't think Bray's the kind of wrestler to go off the top of the fucking <laughs> cage. Hey, man. The hell in the cell. He's not Shane McMahon or uh, Mankind, so. Um, man. I don't know. I mean, do you... I mean, you brought it up when we were talking off mic. Do you have The Undertaker show up? I mean, he, he took out his brother... It would be the best way to keep him, you know, strong. Like if it's a if it's a distraction, rather than like uh, Seth just straight up pinning him, you know. Yeah, I don't think he can afford to lose. Like I don't think he can afford to take a pin. Do you do the whole Undertaker like sucks him underneath the ring thing? I wouldn't do that. I would have Undertaker shows up, and then you have just the Fiend chase after Undertaker and chase the Undertaker. Yeah, is the Undertaker running? No, but maybe he just appears and then walks away. And okay. then you see the fiend just like, screw this, and he leaves. Interesting. Okay. I really hope he wins the belt. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, I don't want any of that. Um, but I could definitely see, you know, them doing something like that. And it could lead to like a match at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. If they do have a match, I hope it's The Undertaker passing the torch. Um, so, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Lightning so. strikes the red cage. Oh, God. I hate those red cages. <laughs> I really do. And unfortunately, with all the promos that we're seeing, mm-hmm. it seems like they're going back to the red cage again. So just visually, it's hard to, like, I don't know, focus your eyes or something. Like, you know, especially mm-hmm. when you're looking, like, when they're, like, actually, like, filming through the cage. Like, it always feels a little blurry well, to me. Instead of being a gloss red, make it a matte. You know, something that's not reflecting light. That makes sense. You know? That makes That sense. looks like shit every time they do it. You know, in the arenas, they don't, like, actually, like, play the video of the match, like, what you're seeing, mm-hmm. like, on the pay-per-view, like, during the... So they have to, like, look through that cage to see the match, which has to be a fucking pain in the ass. They used to, like, back in the day, I swear, used to play it on the Titantron and everything like that. So, but I guess Vince didn't like the fact that fans were like on camera looking at the Titantron. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right. So, overall, with this pay per view, how many stars would you give it, Christian? Um, I mean, I'm going to give it like a three and a half. Okay. It's nothing special, nothing too great. Yeah. I'm going to this is definitely them like treading water here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would have to give it three stars. Um, because I did feel like some of the matches had potential to be, like, good matches, but they just didn't capitalize on. Like, you know, Charlotte and Bailey being only, like, three minutes long yeah. definitely hurt this pay-per-view. So, um, and just, like, you know, Becky and Sasha's non-finish, I think that, that also hurt it. So, that had potential being a really good match. All right. So, uh, another happening uh, this week was NXT live on USA this, yes. this past Wednesday. Um you know, it's kind of the precursor of the Wednesday Night Wars, if you will. What was your thoughts of their first show on USA? You know what? Um, they had some really good matches. They had some really awesome moments. I'm I'm excited by it, for the most part. I mean, I think I still think the structure is all weird with it being, you know, half on, but half on um, USA and half on the network. But I understand, you know, it's 
Suits final season and it's only for it's only for the next two two weeks. weeks. So it was a little weird to have to flip over Mm -hmm. and watch the rest of the show on the uh, the uh, WWE Network. And I guess a lot of people were having issues, Mm. like that. I guess the site was like crashing left and right because so many people were tuning, which is a good thing, I guess. You know, for WWE, but like as a fan, you want to watch it live, so that kind of sucks. yeah, I enjoyed it for the most part. I did think it was it was a well done show. I like you know nothing changed. That was the big fear, mm-hmm. you know, like would all of a sudden NXT have this weird you know WWE gloss over it? Um, but no, they kept it the same. It was very like it was it was gritty. It was you know the NXT show that we've come to love. Um, I like the way they lit the building, everything like that. You know, it's okay to be in a small venue. Like, mm-hmm. and that's my fear is like they're going to try to move to a bigger venue just to compete against like AEW who are going to be running these bigger yeah. shows. But I think there's some charm to them being in a smaller venue and everything like that. As long as you've got like rabid, hardcore fans who are fucking making tons of noise, I think that makes it look even awesome, like more awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you often forget, like, when I'm watching NXT, I often forget this is a tiny crowd. Yes. You know, just because they are so active. Exactly. They're chanting, they're into the product, and they, they seem knowledgeable about the mm-hmm. product also. So um, we'll, we'll see if that like continues doing a weekly show. Um, but, I mean, those fans would stay on the edge of their seat for, like, you know, multiple hour tapings. They would tape a couple weeks in advance. So, I mean, you've got some hardcore fans there, you know, who I feel like will show up every week. So, I mean, AEW definitely has their hands full. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, so far we don't know the ratings exactly, but it sounds like it was actually pretty damn good. Um, so I'm sure we'll find out more about that in the next coming days. Yes. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm, ex- you know, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan when you can have two, you know, possibly quality shows on Wednesday night and everything like that. Um, if they keep up this momentum, I mean... This will be more must-see TV for me than, like, Raw, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm, I'm one of those fans that are guilty of, like, kind of, like, you know, forgetting about NXT until there's a takeover. And then I binge watch, like, you know, multiple weeks of the show yeah. to catch up, um, you know? But now it seems like it's going to be kind of, like, you know, destination-like watching. Um, it's just going to be hard to juggle between AEW and NXT <laughs> every, <laughs> every Wednesday. Um, so, and I heard, I don't know if this is true, but I heard there was a rumor that NXT would be featured on WWE Network the night after. So they would be like, you know, it makes sense. streaming it still mm-hmm. like on Thursday. So if that's, you know, actually happening, then I'll probably just end up watching it on Thursday on the mm-hmm. network. Um, or DVR for that matter, but you know, whatever. I'm still watching it. So <laughs> it's a lot of fucking wrestling, man. Jesus Christ! I don't know if we'll talk about it every night, every every podcast at least. So we'll see. Yes. <laughs> we'll give you what we can. I still have to catch up with New Japan. <laughs> so because I haven't seen the uh, the Juniors Cup, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen um, Destruction, Destruction, right? And a lot of fucking shit went down in Destruction. So. Oh, man. I mean, it's not a bad thing to have all this quality, like, wrestling, you know, as long as it's quality. (laughs) Well, speaking of quality, how did you feel about AEW's official TV show name? 
I mean, it's been rumored since like day mm. one. I think when we found out like just the inkling of the idea of AEW, it was through the copyrights that they were all filing, like yes. the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, or like the, the well, the Khan family, I guess, was filing. And one of them was Tuesday Night Dynamite, which we all kind of cringed at, yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's going to be Wednesday Night Dynamite. Great. So, I don't know. It's a little weak. I mean, I don't know why they just couldn't call it AEW. Like, does the show have to have a name? If there's only one show, do you have to give it a name or a title? Is there a I, rule about that? I don't that? know. <laughs> so, something about it is just a little weak sounding. I don't know. I don't know. What What are your thoughts, Christian? I, I think it's really cheesy. <laughs> yeah. The dumb. But Unless fine. they get ACDC's TNT <laughs> as their theme song. Because then you've got, I mean, you it, it's all in the lyrics then. Dynamite on TNT. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Man. I mean, yeah, Nitro was better. Like, I can't even say, like, <laughs> SmackDown. The name SmackDown's cheesy. But yes, you got but, used to it. Yeah. You know? So I, I'm sure it'll just grow on us eventually. Right? I guess, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, most likely. I, I don't know if I'm going to call it, like, AEW Dynamite, though. No. Hey, did you check out Dynamite? No, no one's going to say that. It, it, they will. <laughs> no one's going to say that. Did you watch Dynamite Besides last night? AEW, no one's going to say Dynamite. <laughs> it's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> well, whatever. Yes. All right. So that's going to do it for this week. Make sure you go ahead and check us out over at DCP. That's our network. Check out all the awesome podcasts over there. You can also check us out over at popgoestheculture.com. Um, and if you're not on those sites and you want to check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. That helps a little indie podcast like us going in major ways. Um, also, you can check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and we're also on Twitter. So, and you know what? We keep those sites up to date with all your latest news in nerdum. And Damon, if you want to support us in some type of financial way <laughs> head over to please please <laughs> you can head over to prowrestlingtees.com get yourself a sweet t-shirt today that's also on tpublic.com that's right i think tpublic actually has a sale going on currently yes for 35 percent off so rock your nerd swag exactly people. get our logo on a mug yes <laughs> we need to eat <laughs> we're doing this for free we're trying <laughs> to survive yes also, check out Friends of the Show, Them Guilty Aces. They're the music that you heard at the top of the show. Awesome rockabilly band straight from the Chicagoland area. If you're ever in the area, go ahead and check out a show. They pretty much play every weekend. Um, and then also check out our good friend DJ Greg Brebner. He's, his music is featured on SoundCloud. Um, you're hearing his music right now, actually. Yes. And that's going to do it for this week. Yeah, and Christian, we're going to be actually talking about In the Tall Grass, a movie based on a novel by Stephen King and his son, Joe Hill, um, that just all of a sudden premiered a trailer like yesterday and yes. is going to be debuting as this show goes live. So uh, we'll be talking about it. Yes, it, and I think we got some comics to talk next week as well. We have a lot of comics to talk. <laughs> so hopefully we'll play catch up with comics yes. next week. So All right, well, my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's the Amazing Nerd Show. You know, the question I get asked most often is, Tony, how do you go to the bathroom in the suit?
just like that.